2: What's interesting about Lewis,
3: right? I didn't see the heart Saturday night, guys, if I'm being candid. I
2: think the title of this should be John Addict says, says Black, Black Beast, Beast shows up just for a, a paycheck. Has no heart. Yeah. Forget the 209. You're going to be getting a new tattoo across your fucking forehead when he sees. You.
4: That's right. John Anik uh, will be on the phone today before Derek Lewis gets a hold of him, and uh, Matt Brown is
2: calling in. Wow. Were, wow. You with, were you with
4: John when he said that? That wasn't on the little thing you guys did, was it?
2: I don't know what that was. I just heard me, like, going, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, man. What the hell is that when I laugh? I are a I got, man. I, I, it's like I go, oh, that's <laughs> that's You're a hearty man. Yeah. <sighs> <that's that's sighs> <that's that's sighs>
4: Yeah, what did you Listen, do in Vegas?
2: Oh man, Jimmy. Uh it was myself, John Annick, uh Champ Champ, Daniel Cormier, uh Anthony Smith, Lionheart, and the Count Michael Bisping. That's right. What a crew. We had uh <laughs> we had a fun time. We had to do like a, a year in review and it's going to be shown on uh UFC Fight Pass. So it's a year in review in the UFC and it's us talking about the best knockouts and fights and yada yada. So yeah. uh but it was uh it was fun because it was very loose. What was one of your favorites? Of what? Of, of twenty nineteen. What? Like uh fights? Fights, yeah. Submissions? Uh fights. It, things are different for me though. Because I like like I get them like I lived certain. I like uh when did Al fight Kevin Lee the second time? Was that this year or year? You know, I don't know if that was in 2018. Was that, was that in When was that? That's my fucking, one of my favorite times in the corner ever. Yeah. I don't know. So I got different, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Was that, was that a long time? You time to me is fucked up. I know. I don't, man, there's so many damn fights. So I might think of a good fight, but it might be a few years ago. Right. That's how shot I am. No, I mean, there's a lot of fights, Jimmy. There's a lot of fights. You know? It's great. And, and sometimes it's the latest ones that are like, oh, that's the best. That's why everybody's like, oh, it's the best fight I ever saw. And it's really not. It's just the latest, most exciting fight you've seen lately. You Jansung I mean?
4: Jung against Frankie Edgar this
2: Saturday. Ooh. Ooh. Well, listen, anytime Frankie fights, you you know you're in for something. You know, I mean, he's always he's always bringing in. He's got such a great... Um, it's such a well-rounded skill set, and uh, you know I think that's a good fight for Frankie. I think that's I think that's a really good fight for Frankie, and I'm glad he uh, I'm glad he jumped in there. I am too. You know, I am too. Uh, I, I like I like me some Frankie Ortega idea. would have
4: been a great fight too. I feel bad for Brian having that.
2: I too. feel bad for his coach. What The fuck did that? That guy didn't deserve to get tackled. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brian's saying the story. He's like, yeah, and I got it. And he said, nah, he. he said, no, let me go. And I was persistent, pretty much. And he took him down. He broke his leg. <laughs> Fucking, he his ACL or something? You know? I got him off the streets. <laughs> Think he feels guilty? I don't know. He kind of said it like, ah, there's my... And then there's my 85-inch TV. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't go in that order. I'm only kidding. No. I like what Oh, and I want to thank him, because me and my wife started watching that show that he recommended, The, the Underground Six, with Ryan Reynolds, the only thing with Ryan Reynolds is you like it. I like I like it, yeah. But he's literally the same dude in every movie. Yeah, I mean, he's literally just Deadpool. Like, he's just a wise guy. Like, he's just like a, a guy, like not a wise guy. Like the guys that you were goofing on at the Copa Cabana, right? Then, you know, I seen that by the way. Good job, Jimmy. Thank you, man. I seen that. Uh, and they did have you in there for a bit. I yeah. thought you know more, more than I, than I thought, thought that you yeah. would have you know but uh what was i up to huh you were talking about um bring me, bring me right back what the fuck i know i i would ignore me too i would <laughs> I, dude
4: i'm so tired today because Stay. i uh didn't i'm not having coffee today cuz i had my teeth whitened and the lack of caffeine my body is really adjusting to no coffee
2: you know what one day i'm going to get my teeth whitened because i told you Earlier, that uh, like sometimes, like I don't my I run out of listerine. I always keep listerine in my car, so I don't want to smell like weed. So, I like I'll take some coffee and espresso and I'll rinse it around my mouth, so you don't smell like weed. spit it out. Yeah, yeah, I understand. And then, but then that can't be good for the color of my teeth.
4: No, but once you get them whitened, um, you know, it takes about an hour and it's pretty easy,
2: and then they're good yeah. for a while. Don't have coffee for a day or two, yeah, but. I got the the whole problem with me is I don't really care unless my unless they get like really brown, but I don't give a fuck, man. Yeah, I'm married. What? My wife gonna leave me because my teeth? Well, fuck. She better not. Hope not. Well, I mean, her loss. (laughs) like... give (laughs) me. Why you hesitated? What? You don't think I'm a gem to be with? Of course you are. No sweetheart of a guy. Well. okay well Jimmy think about it think, think about it for a second you've got me me and you hang out for just roughly sometimes not even an hour yeah it's usually two hours a week you, and you're, you're the way you said that Jimmy is Jimmy, Jimmy now I'm not trying to you're saying that basically like that's about if they offered you another two days doing this show what, what do you think you, not even if it was <laughs> pure world hunger <laughs> oh fuck dude i'm lightheaded jimmy that could that hurts my feelings dude i actually need a second <laughs> jimmy no i enjoy how it could you much. say
4: that i would do four days sure i, I mean, mean it looks there, like i'm th- crying
2: because i'm sad that you that yeah. i you i'd miss you or that you don't like really care but i'm 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 just dying no
4: i i think uh four days would be uh, i mean there's enough fights I mean, matt we get matt what? Oh shit! Now I got Wait. all tears in my eyes. Are we turning the uh,
2: AC on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently oh, not. What is it? Seventy-eight now? Seventy-seven. Damn, I'm getting sweaty underneath the uh, the pits. There he is. Hey, buddy. What's up, Matt? Hey, what's, what's up? It? What's going on, buddy? Looks like you're you looks like you're trying to um, get away from somebody or something. <laughs> are you on the run? <laughs> what you, what's going on?
5: You can't see any in the camo, right?
2: Look at this. House looks nice. Is that your house? Yeah. Well, it looks nice,
4: man. Now, you look like you're wearing camouflage. What are you getting ready to go out and do?
5: Uh, So you can't see me.
2: (laughs) It's working. I just see a hat and a head. I'm just waiting to pass some deer heads on the wall. (laughs) 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 Buffalo heads. What's going on, man? Are you on cloud nine right now, buddy? Because that was a hell of a fight.
5: Uh, I mean, I did what I planning on doing um you know time to move on to the next one
2: no now that's not one hell of a victory dance right there
5: are you happy (laughs) of course yeah i mean i'm satisfied that i did the job that i set out to do and you know that's what it's all about man i'm not looking for much more than that
4: were you worried that the layoff would affect you i mean having a layoff sometimes affects guys a little bit
5: well it did a little bit i think it took me Maybe two, three minutes to get into the fight, get into a rhythm a little bit. But uh, once things started going along a little bit, uh, didn't have no problems. So.
4: Did you reach under him and grab his arm at one point? It was kind of hard to see what yes. you were doing. You you had his arm so he couldn't hit you while you were while he had his head uh, in a triangle.
5: Yeah, well, um, yeah, because you know he's known for those elbows from that rubber guard stuff. So I just grabbed his wrist and. You know, and and that also prevented him from being able to pull on my head. And that way I could uh, uh, manipulate my posture myself. And, um, you know, he just, I I was just, man, I've been training hard this whole time, been off, so I felt strong. And there wasn't no way he was catching me in that.
2: Did you, how close did the choke feel, like, close at all? Where it's like, all right, I might black out here or no?
5: Oh, no, not at all. I didn't feel threatened at all um, I knew that I was in a position where a mistake would put me at a huge threat, but I wasn't in a position because my arm, my left arm was um, behind his back the whole time. I thought he was going to look for the omoplata, yeah.
2: um,
5: but for whatever reason, he never did.
2: He kept it locked up, and that might have really hurt him bad because yeah. he looked – I mean, you would look definitely the fresher fighter, uh, even though you looked like you were in jeopardy. Like you said, one wrong move – could have been your downfall but that you the fact that you weathered that the next round he you he definitely looked worse to wear
5: yeah yeah you're yeah you're exactly right i mean you did jujitsu um you you know what it is uh, you know you can't be squeezing like that for that long
2: yeah something's got to give how did you feel between rounds
5: uh perfectly fine you know the first round was pretty slow um you know, what it wasn't my normal fight, wasn't my normal pace. Um, so, you know, I felt fine. I mean, I felt
2: 100%. Now, you're looking great lately. I mean, you're what you did to Diego Sanchez in what was going to be your last fight, ending on top in a beautiful, brutal fashion. But yet, you came back and now you're still brutal, you're still doing beautiful things. What made you want to quit and then how if it seems like you quit for a month and you came right back what made you want to jump right back
5: Um, well I guess I did quit for a month and come right back I yeah. was by Carlos Condit right that's uh, right <laughs> to be honest at that time I just didn't have the excitement for the sport I think I was getting a little bit mm. burned out uh, um, I kind of just ran myself through the grinder just training constantly and putting so much pressure on myself and that time off would end up being a blessing in disguise, you know, to an ACL and then, you know, went through some other things in life and we didn't have the opportunity to come back until now. And uh, that time off was a blessing in disguise, man. I kept working my strength a lot, um, stayed up on the cardio, worked my fundamental skills a lot more. Um, I mean, you guys know as jiu-jitsu, you know, you start getting off into the all these other funny stuff, uh, you know, that becomes problematic, you know, the fundamentals – You can always work on those, always make them better. And that's what I spent my time off doing, making the fundamentals better with a lot of wrestling. And, um, you know, so uh, it it reinvigorated me all around. My my energy was fresh, and I just felt like fighting this time. It didn't feel like I was just going through the motions again like it felt many times or how it was kind of starting to feel. Um, So, yeah, so I'm just a – much more excited to be back in there again
4: did you find yourself getting very bored in the time you head off
5: <laughs> no no no, no I, I was so busy um i opened my own gym you know started a business doing that and then started a coffee business uh, i was going through some life stuff and yeah not bored at all man actually the exact opposite
4: how was having your own gym is that still is that still uh doing well
5: yeah, it's doing great. I mean, it's a process, brick by brick, and it takes a lot of time. And uh, as Matt knows, yeah. you know, in his own gym, I mean, it's a long, arduous process, but – uh, we're, we're right where we want to be with it, and it's coming along. And uh, you know, I did my whole camp there, so uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with the uh, the uh, the level we're at right now. Where,
2: where is the uh, the gym, and is it a it's a mixed martial arts gym? Is it open to public, or is it more for fighters, <laughs> or both? Uh,
5: no, it's open to public. Yeah, we're in uh, Lewis Center, a uh, suburb north of Columbus, Ohio, and yeah, it's open to the public. It's really it's a martial arts gym. I mean, that's cool. what. We focus on first and foremost, and kids, and and you know regular families and stuff doing the martial arts, and then you know of course we have a separate time for the fight training.
4: Are you good with all the stuff that you have to be like you know getting insurance and all that stuff? Does your mind work well for that stuff, or do you have somebody else help you with that
5: Well, I do have someone else help me, uh, only because it's so uh, so so much time consuming. But I, I think I have a perfectly fine mind for it. I think I'll be a end up being a better businessman than I was a fighter. I mean, I think uh, I have a good mind for it. My whole family, they all own their own businesses. Uh, My uncles, my dad owned a business, and uh, yeah, I I enjoy the process. Um, uh, Like I said, it's just time consuming, so you gotta have someone manage and take care of all the medial tasks.
4: Yeah, it's good to do it now, too, while you're fighting. It's a good time to to have it because you're still an active fighter, so you'll probably be more likely to bring people in as an active fighter, which is very smart.
5: Yeah, well, there's that, and then there's also I, it'll be set up for when I'm actually retired, right? When I fully, completely walk away, I'll have something that's not started from scratch. Is it something that you just,
4: when, when you're done fighting, that like a lot of guys would just want to be around? It? It's almost like someone that plays football and comes back and coaches. Do you just want to be around it? Do you think you would miss it if it wasn't in your life at all?
5: Yeah, that's exactly it. I like being around the sport. I like seeing other guys come up. I want to inspire others, help them. And more than anything for my kids, man. You know, I wanted them to uh, have a gym that they could grow up in. And when it's your own gym, uh, it's a lot easier to have them there all the time.
2: And being a guy that actually lives it, like, um, it's way more fun than doing what you're doing now and saying, all right, fuck, the money's getting low. I got to get a real nine to five and I'm 40. You know what I'm saying? So, like, now it's like you could put a lot of work into it, but it's like, it's uh it's very fulfilling because you're it's like it's your it's your gig so i don't know man i love it man I congratulations on that that's awesome
5: yeah thank you much that's exactly right i mean there's a lot of options that fighters have you know commentating or doing like what you guys are doing on the podcast all these different yeah. things and none of that really sparks my interest i mean i've done some podcast stuff i've i've done some commentating for like local fights and like, I don't think I would ever pursue it uh, to the point where I'd be very high level at it. It's just not interesting to me. I just want to be on those mats every day, and uh, that's the only thing that gets me up in the morning. Uh, everything else just gets boring real quick, and, and it I just doesn't excite me by any means. You know, I, I would do it for money, but I wouldn't do it for any other reason. There's no love there coming from me.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you. You got some. You got some props from uh, Mickey Gall and his crew. He 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 came down he Trained with you, Mickey Gall.
5: Yeah, yeah. Mickey and a couple of his guys came down. They were training for the uh, help me for the fight. And uh, you know, we're good friends, man. He's a great guy. He's got a lot of potential, and I think we're going to see him do some good things in the future too. Do you like uh,
4: like like training people? Do you like teaching people? Is or are you good at that? It's it's uh, it's not easy to do for everybody.
5: Oh, I absolutely love it. Yeah. And again, that's another thing I think I'll do better than even being a fighter. I think I'll be a better coach. Um, you know, this generation of fighters is a little different, you know, so you kind of have to adapt a little bit. They're not old school savages where they're just like, you know, give me a fight and let us go. You know, everybody treats it more business-like these days, I think. And, and they're a little bit, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, you kind of have to treat them a little bit differently. Um, but in terms of the technician skill set uh, training, uh, I think I, can, I have a lot of value that I can bring there and in terms of, like, the managing and, you know, all that kind of bullshit. Like, it's not really my thing. But I think I can build fighters pretty well, and especially in, like, strength and conditioning and stuff. That's something I, I have a lot of knowledge in. So uh, I really enjoy it. And like I said, there's nothing else that – that gets me up more than being on the fucking mats every day.
4: And you definitely see a difference between them and say a younger version of yourself. You can see the difference in how they are compared to how you are. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
5: Yeah, I I don't know that I necessarily want someone like myself uh, other than, other than the fact that, I mean, I, I fought on 24 hours notice multiple times. Uh, I mean, I fought on less than a day's notice a few times and you know, these guys, you can't get them to fight. On, on two weeks notice and you know they're all everybody wants the big opportunity whereas when i was coming up we just wanted to fight we didn't care about the money or the opportunity <laughs> none of that crap
4: yeah now that the the ufc is so big people can see that there's su- there's such a tremendous amount of money to be made yeah they probably are more cautious and and, and more direction oriented
5: yeah a, that's a, I, I, that's certainly a part of it and i think they're just softer all around man like i think this generation all together is just a softer group of people and i mean and back when in our day you know this thing was new and we were excited and we we're happy to do it and we've all we were all just happy as shit like hey we can go uh fight someone for free and people are gonna watch it uh, you you know or or not go to jail or whatever you know this is badass and to these guys it's just a uh, completely different thing and you know, I hope I'll find some real savages. I, I got a few guys that are pretty tough, man, but, um, you know, we'll just see how it works out. You know, uh, again, we focus more. Well, I focus more on teaching martial artists. And then if you want to be a fighter, that's cool. If you don't want to be a fighter, you know, that's cool too. But, you know, I want to promote the martial arts and the great things that it can do for people in the world.
2: These kids that, that, that grew up on it, I think the difference is, at least when I was fighting, is like – it felt like it was going to be over at any moment. So you had to really love it because there wasn't a lot of money in it. So if you didn't love to fight, you really wouldn't be in there. There's no reason to be in there. Unless you're That's a fucking it. weirdo, and then you you're a nut, and then you find out it's not for you when you get hit. But so it's like it's different. So these kids growing up, they're like, oh, there's a, look at Conor McGregor make with that fucking liquor, and this one they can make money like this. So it's a different thing. It's a different thing now because they know it's not going away. Like back when we were fighting, I mean, I remember being like, all right, I re- I literally remember thinking like, all right, um, I, and I, I'll take this fight because I mean fuck I mean this could be over and I got something to tell my kids about when I used to fight in a cage this crazy thing that used to be legal and but you know the kids nowadays you know they know it's not going nowhere it's going to be here and
5: I don't know and that's why uh, I, I'm I'm betting it's the same at your school like I focus on the, I focus on the martial artist first oh yeah even well, ju-
2: yeah I got a jujitsu school I mean I got a, they teach Muay Thai there too and everything but like it's it's strictly like you know, I have my fighters, obviously, like last night I saw my crew owl and uh fucking uh Weidman and everybody, but uh I, but listen because somebody comes in off the street, they can't, like, there's rules and shit. It's not like a Gold's Gym with arm locks. They got to leave the gear on until they get four stripes and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, you go to Longo's, it's more like, I'm not, this. I love it. It's Chris's too, so I won't attack it. If it was just Longo's, I attack it. But if you go there, it's kind of reminiscent of Rocky Three when they... <laughs> <laughs> when they visited fucking uh, Apollo to try to get him better, everybody's walking around with their shirts off. The fucking, hey, I look in the back, yeah. there's a dude in a towel. I go, what the fuck's that guy? <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. But it's a hardcore fucking place. I don't know. You gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta I like both. to teach hey. all types.
5: You know yeah yeah i'm with you yeah i'm the same right and, and you got to have both and i think you got to have both for your mental too right like you just only do the martial arts stuff you kind of like start feeling a little bit soft right but yeah, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. you got to work with your savages as well
5: yeah man you got to let that animal out <laughs> every now and then man. Uh, but you know again you know business side though right you got to make money man that's yeah. that's what the you know, business ain't ain't nothing if it ain't making money, and you make money off the of martial arts. So, uh, if you again, sh- yeah. can also reach a much wider audience and actually be fulfilling for you to help and inspire some people. I got one guy; he's lost, I think, 140 pounds. Yeah, uh, he was uh, he was morbidly obese, and now he's living a much better life and things like that. Man, you know, even though you know he's never going to be a fighter, he's never going to. Uh, 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 walked into a cage or anything, that's more inspiring to me than if I build a world champion.
2: Man, I say the same shit. I love that. I've done a couple Instagram posts of guys that train with me that came in. Like, I, I I did a few of them. They, I, and I say, Yo, man, this came. A kid came in, a nice, humble, like fat kid, and now he's a fucking jujitsu superhero. Where they look, they got the rash guards on. Now they're in shape. I mean, shoot, man. I love that. And to me, if somebody was, like, in a situation where they're getting, they're getting approached and uh, going to get embarrassed in front of their family by some drunk or something, and they now could have the power to defend themselves and, and take care of that dude, that, to me, is as important as any fucking champion. You know what I mean? Because that's Absolutely. where Absolutely. it really
5: counts, you know? Absolutely. And that's why we focus on that. And it's exactly the same with the kids, man. I mean, you know this world we live in. Uh, uh, especially these days, can be brutal as hell, especially for these kids. So, you know, we really try to empower them and, and reach out to them. And I see some of these kids coming in with their heads down day one. A month later, they're walking around like they'll fuck up everybody in the joint. So <laughs> it, 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 nothing makes me happier, man.
2: Nah, that's great.
4: Do you think that uh, being there all the time, like Uriah came back and and started fighting again, and I wonder if just training guys all the time and being around it makes it, in a way, harder to step away because you're always seeing guys getting ready for fights. Uh, Do you think that it's actually going to keep you wanting to fight longer the more you're seeing guys uh, getting ready and training?
5: You know, that's a good question, and that's a, a good point that you make there with that. Haven't really thought about it. We'll play it by ear. We'll see how it goes one fight at a time for me right now
2: well you just the last two fights you 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 put the two guys away so your last fight before this was Diego correct yeah yeah so fuck well it's such an exciting time for the welterweight division I feel I feel it's just a lot going on and I'm thinking about you and even some of these like the top top guys and dude it's all exciting fights is there anybody in particular like, a style. I don't, Maybe not a person. I just this guy's style versus me would be a fight of the night. Is there anybody on on the radar that you'd like to to go with? Uh,
5: um, to be honest, I haven't really thought about it much at all, man. I got back mm. home on Sunday evening, and I went straight to my kids, been hanging out yeah. with them, uh, Start getting prepped for Christmas. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm about to go buy my kids a dirt bike for Christmas. Like, this shit's nice. crazy, man. Like, I don't know where <laughs> – what my life is is how I ended up in this situation buying dirt bikes for kids on Christmas and (laughs) I'm gonna go to the business store and and buy some princess doll shit for my daughter so (laughs) you know what a world man so that's great um, you know that time will come you know March 28th Columbus, Ohio the UFC's coming here so I'm gonna be fighting on that talk to Dana and Sean about that Uh, opponents names have even crossed my mind I, I don't care I like being in the cage and um, as long as there's a man standing across from me willing to uh, do battle, then I'll be a happy dude.
4: And you're saying you didn't plan your, you didn't see like how different your life is than maybe you thought you didn't plan on having this like stable or normal in existence when you, when you were younger, like buying just, you know, toys for the kids and doing normal stuff.
5: There ain't nothing stable about this shit, man. <laughs> it's a day, day by day grind, man. Life's crazy.
2: That can't things. be. trying to
5: sub- Trying to support three kids by going out in a cage and fighting another man is not a stable way to live by any means.
4: Yeah, it is very unpredictable. Yeah. I mean just the Christmas angle. You said you never saw yourself buying a dirt bike for a kid. Like, is this not how you saw yourself as an adult when you were younger?
5: Oh no, well, I didn't think I'd live this long to start with, but here I am and we're doing good things and uh you know, I'm just happy to bless, man, you know. I've been keep him uh, on the grind, working my ass off, and just happy that uh, my uh, situation that I'm in is good, man. You know, if I, it, had I got triangled, right? That dude, you know, he had a pretty solid setup for a triangle. Dude, I'd, we'd be having a completely different conversation. If any conversation at all right now, I'd be talking about buying my kids a bicycle instead of a dirt bike. So yeah. you, know, you, you never know how the world's going to work out.
2: Well, we're happy you're gonna have a, yeah. a, a nicer Christmas now because of that. Because uh, you throwing those fucking soup bones, good for you, man. Listen, dude, you're doing good for yourself, man. And me, for one, I'm happy you didn't retire. Yeah, you know, I appreciate it. Alright,
4: man. Have listen, a good holiday, man. Have was, a good uh, holiday. Congratulations. It was, a, it was a great win, and uh, you got through that first round, and it really it was really impressive, man. I was happy for you.
2: And I'm sure you got your shit together, but anything with the schools, uh, Matt, you can always hit me up off air and whatever advice I can give you, you know. I'm sure you're taken care of, but, you know, I've been in that business a bit, so whatever.
5: I know. greatly appreciate it, sir. You guys cool. uh, have a Merry Christmas, alright? Alright, all right, man. Good. Take care,
2: Matt. Alright, awesome. man. That's great, yeah. dude.
1: Listen, and
2: uh, not for nothing, uh, I'm close with Ben Saunders. You know what I mean? Sure. Real close. So I was upset for Ben. Yeah, he's your friend. Yeah, man. And and, you know, you don't like to see them get stopped. You know? It's rough. But uh, he's another guy that's got a lot going for him, though. Have you spoken to him since? No. I mean, it just happened. Dude, I was on a red eye. I was a mess the other day. You like me better. I do. Well, you you were singing. I couldn't really sing. I was singing a little bit, not much. I couldn't even get through a sentence, Jimmy. I can now. I know you can. Oh, I don't know what the right thing to say what? to a fighter after they lose. Is.
4: Like, what do you say to
2: somebody if you bump into them right after they lose? You know what you say? This is what you, this is what I would say. What? I would say, "Don't worry, you'll get the eye of the tiger back."
4: That's a good one. It's a good one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You'll get it back. You'll get it back. you trade hard. you get that eye of the tiger back. That yeah, was helpful advice. I'll never, I'll never stop bringing that up. In a southern drawl, he said it to me. Don't worry. Like, really? That's what you say to me? I just lost my title? Fuck it. All right, let me leave that guy alone. You'll get the eye of the tiger. Do you think he meant something else and just said it stupid? Oh, fuck yeah. I, I would hope so. It's the worst thing ever. What did you say to him? I, I think I told him to go fuck himself, but I love the guy. The guy's a good guy. Do you still see him? Oh, Yeah. He's a nice guy. He's got a school in Milledgeville.
4: Get the uh, eye of the tiger back. Yeah, because you might have lost it. Oh, I don't want to
2: yeah. fucking kill him with that. Sorry, but uh, now he's gonna be like, "Ah, I knew it was May. <laughs> he's yeah. Fucking, don't worry, Matt. You'll get the eye of the tiger back. Really? Thank you. What about my belt? you think I'll get that back? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What, I don't know what to say to someone who just. lost Don't say anything. Well, if you see him, do you say hello? Say what? No, you do? You say what Bobby Kelly said to Frank Meer after he got trampled by fucking Brock Lesnar. Good job, Frank. He, he wasn't being sarcastic. He said, oh, it, oh, great fight or something. Fucking Bobby Kelly. It's just funny because it's... Yeah, yeah I wish Frank Meer choked him. <laughs> I just... Great job, Frank. The guy's all fucking... I was looking at Frank The Miri- guy's mangled. I was watching,
4: oh, looking at Frank's... You need to get down a rabbit hole. I just went on a Frank mirror. I was looking at his Twitter at photos with him and his wife. Just a nice, normal life.
2: <laughs> you know? I like Frank Frank? Mear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. Frank's a guy. I know Frank a long time. I don't know him personally. I know him personally. Good guy. Yeah. Nice guy. What? You got John. Oh, God. John. I feel like we're continuing. Oh, I should know all whites. Do I look powerful? I'm crying. I look
3: fat.
4: Well, oh, come on. There he oh. is. Hey, John.
3: Ah, look at these guys. Oh, wait. Are we on, what is going on what here? What a pro. Look at how nice this setup is. See, Jimmy always says this every time I come on, but, you know, it's actually more work to, uh, to, to do it. You know, the microphone gets switched up <laughs> if I don't use the thing. Spe- so uh, here we are. You know. Speaking of uh, being a professional and, uh,
2: ah. you know, being a professional in the room, you might have been the only one, you and Anthony Lionheart Smith, because myself... Huh. Daniel Cormier and Michael Bisping were having a hard time being professional the other day. <laughs> we listen for people that don't know. I don't know when this thing's airing. We did a year in review well, best of the year of 2019. Right. And uh, it was us like a little round table discussion. You were pretty much the host of it. And I want to apologize because I was a f- I was a mess. Sorry, no. John, sorry Johnny No apology necessary You see what Jimmy, Jimmy's looking at you like He knows your pain I feel well, like we're yeah, two I men who've been
4: What? <laughs> we, we, we married the same woman Like and now we're talking about it in court I understand yeah. what John had to deal with <laughs>
3: Although I don't get to see that woman nearly as frequently as you do uh, with your twice a weeks, But uh, yeah, it went off the rails pretty quickly, Maddie, for sure. I mean, part of it conceptually was to have it be a free-flowing roundtable. And they didn't really want me in the traditional host role. Uh, but at the end of it, they needed voiceover work. They needed certain liners. And Daniel Cormier would just not shut the fuck up. And, uh, you know, I worked the pay-per-view the night before. I worked the post-show after. Yeah. And I'm just trying to go eat some Korean barbecue. And D.C. decided the end of the shoot would be a good time. To uh, to get in my way, so uh, you were the least of my concerns. Candidly, I'm still after Cormier. You, know? you
4: were it's... trying to do aligners just to kind of uh, for tie-ins that they're going to need in post-production, and we're going to need that line again. And he kept talking over them.
3: Yeah, and we, yeah, right, exactly. Just the, the safeties on all the intros and the outros, and uh, Daniel <laughs> was having none of that, calling me a tight ass and everything else. So <laughs>
2: the know. producer Anthony, uh, he was he was very happy with it. So hey, I don't know, know what we did. I know we had. F- I know I had fun. Huh. So I want to see how this thing turns out. Let me ask you now. When you do this broadcast, how long? Because when I'm watching the main, when I'm watching the main card, like I'll like when I'm watching the UFC, I got my whole thing set up, and I'm like, okay, I do this and that during the Saturday. I'll get my little nap in, and I'll be bright and bushy eyed for the uh, main card. Bushy tailed. Bushy <laughs> tailed. It's not bushy eyed. No, it's not bushy eyed. Why do you have to, Jimmy? No, nobody no, would have caught that. I'm just helping you. You have to embarrass me in front of John. Uh, uh, we're all friends. He doesn't care. Uh. Anyway, so John, bright-eyed bushy-tailed. I would be awake for the main card, hyped up a little espresso. You have to be energetic. How long? How many hours is it on a broadcast? Because you start from the early well, prelims.
3: It, I mean, from the time we first start taping something to the time yes. we get off the air, it, eight hours. Uh, it's oh, its pretty insufferable in a lot of respects, right, if you compare it to calling a football game. And granted, those guys, the NFL guys, are doing 17 straight weeks, and I have a, a lot of respect for that. But these broadcasts are like nothing else. I'm complete toast after them. Uh, and there are a lot of different challenges and things going on behind the scenes that, that people uh, are a little bit blind to in terms of transitions and adjustments being made on the fly. And we have an in-house producer and a whole show that needs to line up with the television broadcast podcast so uh it's pretty involved very mentally draining and uh you know that's why i do 24 of these and not 41 because if i had to do 40 uh i think i'd just walk home and and collapse at the end of it <laughs> so you do 24 a year um do they do they want you to do more no i think it's a pretty good balance you know they try to not have us do more than three straight weekends i think i had a stretch this year of five and six weeks and i literally did collapse in my front doorway when i got home from uh Wichita, Kansas, or whatever it was, but uh, it's a lot for sure. And the preparation too is a lot, you know, and, and we've talked about this before, but when you're talking about 26 fighters, and if it's two shows in eight days, it's 52 fighters. And uh, I try to give them all their fair amount of preps. So uh, it's it's pretty daunting, but uh, you know, I think it, it becomes the devil you know, and, and that's what it is for me now, eight plus years in, you know?
4: Do you do, now when you're doing all the prep work, cause your prep work is so good. Do you have it, uh, will you have it on paper in front of you or on a computer? How how are you comfortable referencing your
3: notes? So, I mean, I just happen to have Alexander Volkanovsky's fighter card right here. I know a lot of people are not watching this on video. I'm holding it up for the guys right now. (laughs) I find that handwriting a fresh fighter card for every bout – uh, forces me to memorize some things sure. and forces me to go through a, a very arduous process that I think helps me on the air and helps my brain that, uh, isn't that sharp. You know, my memory's not great. It's not like I'm Joe Rogan or Kenny Florian with a steel trap, remembering sequential things that happen in round two of a fight in 2015. So, uh, we all gotta, you know, play to our strengths. And for me, uh, it's an open book test and I have to prepare a goddamn lot. And, uh, you know, it hasn't failed me yet.
2: I feel like I haven't seen my old friend Kenny Florian. What what is he up to? You guys are still doing the podcast with Longo too, right?
3: Yeah, every Monday we got the Anakin Florian podcast. You know, he's no longer featured on UFC broadcasts, at least right now, but hopefully that's something that changes. Uh, I was sort of hopeful that we went back to ESPN because he and I really cut our television teeth there in 2008 on a program called MMA Live. Was hoping there'd be some sort of reunion between us, but as yet it hasn't materialized. But, uh, yeah, he wants on that desk or on that commentary table, and hopefully uh, they call his number at some point here. I, I hope so. Uh... He's talented and he
2: also did a great bit with fucking Hinato what's his name? Marangia, yes. yes, La Manja. Lamanja? The, the, the guy that's not really Renato Brazilian, but acts yeah. Brazilian. He did a bit with him? He did a bit with him where he was he was Al Pacino it was the Al Pacino and uh Robert De Niro scene
3: from Heat.
2: Oh my yes. god, it was
3: great. Wasn't it?
2: Oh, what? Kenny's got some acting Wasn't chops. It?
3: There's no doubt about it. You know, sometimes you I wish more of that would come Get out. me all you got. Some of that I wish would. No? <laughs> I Do wish it. more of that would Do come it. out on our podcast. Do it. I don't know, know it. Uh, Do it. Because Kenny's got a lot of skills. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yes. I'm sorry. I'm just talking over uh, you like an unprofessional asshole. Johnny. Well, all all of
2: a screaming. sudden you got very blurry, I, I, so I, I started, wanted to make sure I wasn't started, overstepping. I started screaming like Al Pacino and Kenny Florian from that bit.
3: It's a. You, did you up. see the bit? Did you see the bit
2: I'm Absolutely about.
3: brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Now, Ken Flo's got some acting chops for sure. I
2: don't, I don't remember heat. How does Al Pacino do, give me all you got? Jimmy doesn't want to play with me. Jimmy's tired. No, I and don't And I am an energetic ball of just, I'm bright-eyed and
4: bushy-tailed. Damn, I'm not having coffee today, so what's <laughs> Bushy happening. Tail. You're bushy-eyed. But I'm, I'm not <laughs> having coffee today, uh, so like, it's weird when you don't have caffeine for the day. It really affects you. Like, and then you're is, next to me. We we have a good energy. That's what you need. You have the right energy. We balance it out. What what did you think of uh, Goddard's uh, uh, stoppage? I I didn't think it was bad. Um, I thought it was a little premature, but it was like, it made me feel better when I saw what the judges' scorecards were.
3: Yeah, so Chael Sonnen, uh, and I don't think it's because Chael has a relationship with Colby Covington. He thought Colby was intelligently defending himself. I guess I could see that side of things, but... I'm OK with it. You know, he was getting pretty leaky there. Right. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, whether Mark Otter knew the jaw was broken or fractured or what it is or isn't, I don't know. But all of a sudden, the, the blood really started coming out. And uh, I don't know that 51 seconds were going to make things any better. So uh, I can certainly defend the stoppage. I can understand why Colby wants to go out a certain way. But uh yeah. Goddard is certainly one of the best in the business and uh, you know, more often than not, he's gonna make the right decision.
2: You're doing better with Goddard now. Yeah. Not to put you on blast, but you had a little thing well, with Well, hey, past. I'll be
3: I'll be frank, right? I mean, he don't like me, you know. I mean, I think that's pretty clear, right? Is I mean, cold? we have there's some yeah. I think time heals a lot of wounds. There's been oh, some distance, you know. I will always nice. I will always respect him as yeah. one of the better referees in the game. I will say humbly that I think he has tweaked his style since March when I and others criticized him publicly for maybe talking to the fighters in a condescending way. You know, I'll go to my cremation chamber, believing that that affected change, at least in terms of the way he approaches the fighters. And if he disagrees, you know, power to him. Uh, But I have a lot of respect for him, you know, Uh, and uh, the job he has to do.
2: I am a huge uh, Kamar Usman fan. I think he, the way he, he handles himself in and outside of the cage is, is something to be said, but, uh, I felt I felt that was definitely a little premature. Fuck. The guy's fighting almost 10 minutes with a broken jaw. And he went down. He's moving his head. He's he's covering up. What? Why? He gets up. First thing he says is, what are you doing? So, yeah, I have to. And listen, I'm I I really feel weird being the guy to go to bat for Kobe because I'm I, I don't like the guy.
3: And, I'm, and
2: yeah. well, you're right it, about he,
3: the immediate protest. You're right. You know. I mean, he protested immediately
2: but he was there. He, he didn't look. He didn't look like he
4: was rocked. I, a little, he, sh- he, yeah. He was what? I know it was a little. It was a little soon, but I do think oh, okay. that it would have continued. Jimmy. I don't. I don't think that Usman was going to stop hitting him and well, let him get
2: up. Uh, well, now you're thinking, and he had knocked him now down twice. You're, now you're just thinking. You're just having a theory out there. Yes, you know that's what's not amazing what we're talking about, that. about man.
3: Go ahead, John. I'm What's sorry. What's amazing is it's so the just how this. much Kamara Usman had left in the tank, right? I oh, mean, when man. he went back to his stool after the first 20 minutes, he's yeah. dancing backwards back to his stool. He just yeah. – it sounds too simplistic, Jim, Matt, to say – that he wasn't going to be denied this night. But, like, dude, I, I mean, I don't know. Without a weapon that isn't human, I just don't know that you were going to beat Kamaru Usman on Although this the first night, two you know? rounds,
4: I thought uh, Covington was a lot better than, than – uh, everyone knows he's a good fighter, but I thought Colby won the first two rounds. Uh, mm. I, I thought it was at least 2-2 two to two going into the fifth, maybe even 3-1. I mean, it was uh, – so Colby was fighting very well. I, I feel that
2: uh, Usman would have got the decision. So yes, he would. He would've, he would've, let him get the decision, or yeah. else – See what else happens. I, I I can't just I can't just look at that stoppage and say yeah that was good. Mm, there might have been worse ones, but yeah, it was pretty. It was, bad. It was a little soon. It yeah. was pretty
3: bad. It, it was pretty bad for what was at stakes there. You yeah. know what I mean? If he's gonna lose, well, let him go to. I think to, most you know. of the fighters. I think most of the fighters you would ask would certainly dovetail with Matt's opinion, especially fighters who have been in that championship setting. <laughs> they really want the opportunity to uh, to go out on their sword, so to speak. So uh, I hear you, man. I hear you. It was, a, it was a great fight, though. Uh
4: I mean, I knew it would be a good fight. Nobody saw that, uh, it just being a totalist a stand-up fight. No, nobody thought they were going to stand up there and fight uh without uh, going down for 25 minutes.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, anyone who says they didn't expect a singular takedown attempt on either side is being disingenuous. I agree with you. And You know, it's funny that I keep bringing Chael up, but I think we both felt kind of a little bit shortchanged that we didn't get to see a little bit of wrestling. Because I think if you're a fan of wrestling and their two styles, you kind of wanted to see what would happen when force met force to see if if one guy could actually impose their will in in a wrestling realm. But certainly both kind of were of the mentality that it was going to be too much energy expenditure to to do volume takedowns against the other guy. And that's why we got the uh, the epic kickboxing match that we got.
4: I also think that they dislike each other so much that it just probably felt too good to hit uh, each other.
3: Right. Well, it's, I can never remember doing you know a fight-ending call where I said, that's got to feel good, right? Like, that's how I capped it because that's all I could think to say was, man, that's got to feel good. So, yeah, you're absolutely right that uh, they've been waiting a long time to punch each other in the mouth.
2: It has to feel like justice for Kamar Usman that he that he broke his jaw yeah you talk that shit and i like broke your
3: jaw yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and, and hey man you can't be much happier than i am for kamar usman because look at him 11 and 0 in the ufc and uh he has felt for some time, really, when he was five or six and oh in the UFC, that he's been the best welterweight in the world. And he really had to bide his time. He had to wait. You know, his style was preventative in terms of him getting expedited on a championship trajectory. So when he finally got his opportunity, chews up and spits out Tyron Woodley and then turns in this as a first title defense. I mean, what else could you ask for? You know, hate to say it, but look out George St. Pierre. I know we got a lot of time coming, but, uh, you know, find me a guy right now. I mean, Leon Edwards maybe is best equipped to be Camaro. Maybe Jorge Masvidal, but uh, it is going to take a near-perfect performance in my mind to beat a healthy Kamaru Usman in 2020.
4: Yeah, and, and it's funny. I think Leon Edwards is kind of getting overlooked by everybody. I mean, the fight I really wanted to see was Masvidal-Edwards just because they had that uh, that problem between them. It's probably not going to happen. I mean, uh, you know, Jorge is probably going to fight uh, uh, Kamaru. But I think Leon Edwards is getting looked over by a lot of people.
3: Yeah, he's got a lot of skill. He's got 15 minutes of experience, obviously, fighting Kamaru back in the day, and he's only gotten better since. And uh, Leon's a big game player, too, right? Again, some something you can't necessarily quantify. Uh, the sports fan in me feels like I can quantify clutch or, or big game player, and Leon Edwards is definitely that. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think Game Bread's probably got the inside track, but we'll see. I'm hearing that, uh,
2: I, think, I, I don't know where I've seen it, but Dana's talking about colby
3: fighting tyron woodley is that yeah is that oh. the rumor going on is that the rumor i'm hearing yeah, yeah. I, I mean i think i heard uh i heard that utterance from dana if i'm not mistaken and uh <laughs> where do i I'd sign like, up take my I, money i mean five rounds let's go i would like to see that i would like to yeah, see I, that
4: tyron hasn't fought since he uh
3: lost has he right oh. so i, it I seems would like, like see. there's some rumblings that they'd like to get uh, Woodley and Edwards in an octagon in London, but uh, Tyron doesn't seem to want to leave the country if, uh, if memory serves but uh, yeah I mean all the heat on Colby and Tyron I mean are you kidding me Let's go yeah although Colby might take who knows how long until he's ready I mean
4: uh, I don't know how badly his joy has been is broken but that might not be a feasible fight for for you know eight months or nine months or maybe even more.
3: You're right. In theory, their calendar shouldn't align if Tyron is looking to get back in there soon. And if his social media is any indicator, uh, it looks like he is. So, yeah, you say right he's going to leave the country, John, on principle
4: or just in this instance, or is he just not leave, like leaving the country?
3: Well, I mean, he fought in China. I feel like he thinks as a former champion and as a former long reigning champion with multiple title defenses that he shouldn't have to maybe leave the United States to fight if I'm reading between the lines, you know, not to direct quote him that way. But yeah, I think he uh, he's happy to fight Leon Edwards, but he wants to do so on a big card uh, in Las Vegas. And uh, I love Las Vegas as well. You know, it's hard to blame him, candidly.
4: How about Thiago Santos? Any word on how his
3: uh, he's healing? Well, it's so interesting because we talk about that fight a lot and we talk about it in, in the context of John Jones. And if you're only as good as your last performance, I thought that fight was super close. I thought Tiago Santos beat up Johnny's legs yeah. in, in a big way. And everybody said for years, oh, John Jones, why can't anybody attack the legs? No one did it as effectively as Tiago Santos. And we made so much about Maheta's leg damage and the ensuing surgeries that not enough is being made of – that blueprint for maybe taking out John Jones. So I'm very excited to see John Jones against Reyes because I think he'll have made the requisite adjustments. No word on a return for Tiago Santos, but uh, hopefully it's right back in the mix for him, you know, sometime in the summer. I mean, he's putting in the time at the UFC PI and, you know, it's like the best kept secret or the worst kept secret that UFCPI. I mean, eventually there's going to come a time where a huge chunk of this roster is moving to Las Vegas to just take advantage of those services. And thankfully, uh, in what is a, a very big rehab, Tiago is there every day. And. Uh, yeah, we'll see. But, man, I thought that fight was close. I'm excited to see it again, hopefully, at some point. I, I want you know, to see a rematch line.
4: so badly. That's, that's the fight I want to see more than anything because he was so hurt. Matt doesn't want to see it, but it was after the first round. He, went, he what he tore his ACL. He did something fucked up. He fucked up his knee.
3: Santos? Oh, I, I, I'm i surprised you wouldn't have an appetite for the rematch, Matt. I gotta go watch it back. I thought it was a very close fight. That was a great fight, and <laughs> he did to Jones
4: kind of what uh, Volkanovski did to Holloway, uh, just attacked the legs, and, and I'm surprised that Max didn't have an answer for that.
3: Yeah, it was interesting, and I think uh, Eugene Behrman at City Kickboxing, and we should give Joe Lopez some credit, too, because he's Alexander Volkanovski's original coach who seems to get lost in the shuffle, but... uh Trotting out that word genius uh, sparingly if you want to, but Eugene Behrman certainly qualifies. When you hear him talk about striking, there's just such a a layered approach to it. And Luke Thomas, a journalist out there, did some great stuff on on the faint heavy attack of all these city kickboxing guys. But we've seen an MMA evolution when it comes to the striking, certainly. I mean, five years ago, the calf kick really wasn't a part of any fight I was calling. And now... It is a huge trend in mixed martial arts. You know, you saw Dan Hooker uh, employ those lower leg kicks against Alaya Quinta. Uh What I think is interesting as we look ahead, a matchup like Hooker-Felder, Paul Felder's got some big, meaty legs. He's got a traditional martial arts background. He knows how to check kicks. So very interesting to see if Hooker can get that part of his game going against Paul Felder. But uh, yeah, man, all credit to Alexander Volkanovsky and what those guys were able to do against Max. And again, I think Max will adjust. You know, the first thing out of his mouth after the fight was I'm still just 28. And uh, he's carved out an all-time great legacy already, but he is just 28. So uh, hopefully there's a rematch in Australia, and, and we'll see if Matt can ad- uh, Max can adjust.
2: When is that Paul Felder-Dan Hooker fight? Because that's very appealing. Do we know when that uh, is? Main
3: event late February. Main event uh-huh. late February on ESPN, plus five-round fight. And I think really positions both guys for uh, for – you know at least a top three opponent if not a championship opportunity getting a ufc main event's a big deal and given the lightweight log jam relatively speaking you know if you're a guy like paul felder uh they give you a main event that's appetizing it's we'll not see
2: the if, new uh, mexico we'll card if... is it new mexico card? no,
3: no. He, he's got to go to new zealand you know they gave uh, felder a main event but but they're making the irish dragon go to new zealand into hostile territory. So
4: okay.
2: okay all right very exciting
4: all right well look man it's always good talking to you john yeah. um We appreciate it, and uh, you're really you. I tell you every time, you're great, man. You do such a good job calling the fights. You guys uh, all work so well together. You uh, and Joe and and, and Dominic when he's in, and Cormier. It's really a great combination.
3: Thank you, man. It means a lot coming from you, as it always does. And uh, you guys got my number anytime. Happy to be on. Enjoy chopping it up with you. I mean, this is this is a lot of Matt Sarah for me in the last four days. Yeah, understandable. uh, Wait,
2: wait, 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 wait.
3: understandable
2: meaning that I, I'm the fucking standable it, meaning you're not used the to fucking stand you're not used to like I don't got feelings Matt
4: you're a storm you're not used to Matt Matt is a storm and I, I'm very comfortable, comfortable with storm that. Sarah is a
2: tropical storm yeah, yeah. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know why I'll take that as a compliment
3: all right what do you got Ray Longo it calling is. later what's going on with that when's your podcast with him when uh every, every Monday every Monday the Ray Longo minute dating to episode one in April of 2015 so uh we got your guy on every episode, and yeah, you know, uh, and preview I, picks, recap every Monday, kids. It's, mis- it's, mis- you know. it's misleading, though. It's more than a minute of Longo. It is. It is. We usually well, we give him as much time as he wants. You know, sometimes uh, he doesn't like the early call times. I'll tell you that. But I, as uh, a, usually, it's about twelve.
2: As a friend, John, as a friend, make make it just a minute
3: with Longo, just a minute. Uh, yeah, we should shave it more, down.
2: More's, a little more's, bit. more's right. not better sometimes. More's not. Uh-huh. John, thank you so much, John Anik. Good
3: talking to you, buddy. Thank you, guys. Love you. Talk All to you soon. you soon, See buddy. you soon, I
2: Take care. You know, yeah, listen, See long you. ago, yeah. minutes about right. Yeah. Minutes about right. Me, Jimmy, it's almost when they, they say you can't have too much of a good thing, they're right. You're <laughs> <Here> right. Come. <laughs> <Beep>. <laughs> Let's get in I love you, Jimmy Norton. <laughs> let's get out of here. Yeah, let's go. Let's plug something. Uh, <laughs> I don't have anything to plug. The degenerates, New
4: Year's <laughs> Eve. Um, I won't be here. Uh, I'm going to be out of town, so you won't see me for
2: a couple weeks. Really? Yeah. A couple weeks, Jimmy. No. Yeah. Guys, I got to get somebody in here. Call Phoenix. All right? Robbie really, Fox. I'll talk to you. Well, you call in. Well, sure, you... I will. All right, so you're giving notice now. Yeah. All right, I'll be here. All I got right. nothing going on, Jimmy. That's it. Merry Christmas, everyone. Are we going to be here before? (laughs) Monday you're here. We're here Monday. Are you here too? No. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, folks. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join
0: us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues
1: facing our country.
2: Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic.